Well, good afternoon. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the Ag Market Network monthly cotton teleconference. Uh, we uh, want to mention our sponsor, BASF. As you know, uh, they're the owners of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed, and they make this program possible for you. We appreciate them. Today, uh, Dr. O.A. Cleveland will be leading us, and he'll be joining our panel uh, made up of Gerald Nieper, John Robinson, and Kip Butts. So, O.A., thanks for coming on and explaining everything to us. Well, it's a very exciting day, and I uh, grilled through the numbers and uh, worked them and worked them, and I said, okay, I have my notes, and I'm ready to go. Let me look and see how what USDA said to describe this, this report. And I said, wow, this was written with much clarity. I could have just used their comments and uh, been done with it because they did in a very clear fashion explained their numbers so if anyone wants to get a very clear definition of this all you do is go to the usda report but they did surprise us my friend bill crowder down at hope hull uh said this crop was going to be 13.8 million bales uh, i knew he was wrong because i was already at 14 million bales and of all the folks that uh, surveyed that were surveyed by Reuters and Bloomberg, I was the lowest at a 14 million bale crop. And lo and behold, it comes in at 12.57, so we we'll call it 12.6 million bales, and uh, that's a three million bale decline, but round numbers in the U.S. crop. And they lowered the world crop 3.1 million, found a hundred thousand bales. Uh, a shortage in Uzbekistan due to the heat, but a tremendous drop uh, down to 12.57, 12.6 million bales. So that it actually was a stunner, but I think it was something that uh, a number of people were certainly down at 13.5 to 14 million bales. So uh, USDA did comment that this was another. Uh, thought they did, and y'all correct me, I thought they referred to this as an objective yield survey, which it's not. It's a, it's part, very limited part subjective. It's mostly, I mean, uh, objective. It's mostly a, a hand-calculated survey as opposed to a field-calculated survey. But the, uh, backtrack a little bit to kick it off they raised the world ending the beginning stocks of 700,000 bales a big jump there but something that, that we could deal with and then the 3 million bale drop in the U.S. and 100,000 bale drop in Uzbekistan and just following the USDA charts I looked in at imports to see what's going on there and they showed that because of the smaller world crop imports around the globe would be some 800 million excuse me, 800,000 bales lower, uh, with uh, China being the, 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 the big kicker there. Chinese imports are expected to be a million bales lower, and uh, uh, Pakistan imports a couple of hundred thousand bales lower. Both of those very important to the U.S. Uh, probably the U.S. would have gotten most all of that business, but not having the cotton. Uh, we certainly can't export it, and so that's where those uh, the, re the reduction in imports from China come from. Looking at domestic use, USDA cut world domestic use 830,000 bales. Uh, 630,000 of that was uh, foreign countries, uh, mostly made up of uh, Central Asia, 
Pakistan, Turkey, Bangladesh, and Vietnam, again, they're major U.S. consumers. So the U.S. does get hurt. We, we, we break our backs trying to produce cotton to fill this world supply, and all of a sudden we have a poor crop, and the people that um, suffer besides the U.S. grower uh, would be the mills that depend on U.S. cotton. So we, these are markets that we've bought and paid for, so to speak, and we're losing them because we don't have the crop. In line, typically in line with a much smaller crop, USDA did uh, certainly reduce U.S. exports, and we were looking at uh, U.S. exports in the neighborhood of 14 million. USDA dropped that down to 12 million bales, so a 2 million bale cut in exports World export usage was uh, just down 1.8 million because Australia will pick up some 200,000 bales of the export market that we expected to, to have had we had had the cotton available to us. The uh, world carryover down 1.5 million bales, a uh, pretty big drop. But the important drop is the 600 bale reduction in U.S. carryover not because it's 600,000, and that is a pretty decent number, but because it takes us below a 2 million bale carryover, and more specifically, USDA calculates a 1.8 million bale carryover. Gerald, I hadn't thought about it. John, uh, Kip, if you're there, I'm not sure of the lowest carryover we've ever had. It it is the lowest. It is is the lowest lowest. since 1960. since 1960. I, 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 the lowest thing I have ever been comfortable with and never would estimate anything below 1.9. Now, this is just 100,000 bales lower than that, but uh, it can make for an exceptionally wild market we get down to this level, and obviously that's where we are. So the, the, the ending stocks in the U.S. at uh, certainly what we'll call a modern-time record low, uh, Though Chair would take issue with that because I was born by, by 1960, so he would not consider me modern time, I know. But China uh, had about a 1.1 million bale decline in ending stocks, uh, and that's a big decline there. So other than that, there were just basically very few changes. So the bottom line, the changes or the change was what happened in the United States. Now, we can pick and choose some other numbers, and I may have left out one or two important ones. But uh, staying with, uh, before we get into what we talk about all the time, and I'll just bait myself and everybody else, I'm not going to get into deck prices, but I will say it sure is nice to see December 2023 cotton above $0.90 again. Thank you. Go ahead, guys. All right, let's open it up. Just, just Kip, I want to make one quick comment. You said... Um, that on the WASI report, they said the first survey based, not objective yield. So, uh, okay, you are right survey based. That's right. Survey you're, based. You're correct. That's that's different than those. I wanted to be sure we we yes yes made that yeah, point. Yeah, I knew there was the, something, and I'm not sure what survey based is unless it's uh, a male survey. But anyway, uh, they're back the, back at work and doing good. I'll shut up, John. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what they what they say is there is objective yield surveying only in South Texas, so ah, that we okay. have, we have to wait till September to get the first one from the major states, and 
including the rest of Texas, where it really matters. Okay, I did not know that, so I am glad to know that. Thank you. And then once they do that, they'll repeat it, I think, in the same sites from, from, from September. They'll repeat it in October, November, December. And, you know, it, between that and there's a lot of talk about, you know, dry land that's going to not make the bowl count and get failed, you know, surviving dry land that's not going to make it. Whether that was anticipated in this report, I have no idea. I'm sure they had a lot of data from RMA about, you know, what's failed, uh, failed, failed, plowed, failed, Um but I, I'm just like everybody. I'm stunned at the size of this adjustment this early because I'm I generally ascribe to the theory of sort of bureaucratic incremental types of cutting. And so if this is incremental, <laughs> good God! <laughs> well, you know, I'm proud of them for jumping right on top of this. I, I yeah, take my hat off to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm almost wondering if they if they've overdone it, you know, um, a little bit, just because I, I think they caught a lot of grief a couple of years ago for not cutting that crop till too late. And, they, you know, they just wanted to make sure from they away. went into the curb. So, so <laughs> well, from, from a lot of folks, yeah, away. Oh, he might have stood out a little bit. <laughs> so, so, I mean, what, I mean, what a heck of a, Heck of a number here. Somebody oh, was yeah. uh, trying to mention to me today. They said, "Well, that yield number is too low for Texas because if they wipe out all the dry land, that irrigate is going to be is going to yield better than that." And I said, "Listen, I said, um, I said the irrigated is that's supplemental irrigation, <laughs> you know, and it's been hot and it's been dry, and so you know, just because it's irrigated doesn't necessarily mean it's going to you know do fantastic when you've got other you know, other things out there impacting it, like, you know, 100-degree days with 30-mile-an-hour winds on on a daily basis, you know? Um, so, you're, you're yeah. Chief, you're talking about irrigated. Uh, I have heard several comments that, yeah, they're irrigating, but many of them are doing half a pivot simply because of the heat. They can't keep up, and so the yield may be up, but we may be looking at, you know, half a field with a good yield. Are you hearing that? Is that what you're seeing? Or Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, try to keep a, at least a half a field alive, you know, and kicking. So, well, you know, and, you know uh, they did get some good rains last night. And, and uh, really this week, you know, scattered showers. Uh, I don't know that it's, it's probably a little too late for the dry land, but certainly it could, you know, help help the irrigated stuff, you know, fill out some more bowls, and, and you know, maybe we could creep up a little bit on, on the yield numbers. But, geez, um, I, I don't I'm know. Not to, I'm not wanting to pile on on this, but did anybody hear anything about Brazil? I've heard that the conditions have not been stellar there. I was actually expecting USGA to make a very small adjustment to Brazil just to let people know that things weren't, Perfect. Did I miss something, or is that uh, are y'all hearing the same thing? About no, I, I'm a little bit surprised too. I mean, the Brazilians are talking down the crop a little bit, you know. From I think USDA's number is what 13.2, and the lowest, the most recent Conab number is what 12.6, 12.7, something mm-hmm. like that. So you might have been expecting a little bit of an adjustment there. You know, the Pakistani crop uh, 
probably could come down a little bit as as well as the Indian crop. So I don't know mm-hmm. that this is the final final number, low number for production for the for the world this year. Well, that's so, yeah, I would agree with you. Excuse me. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Kip, go no, ahead. That's kind of why I brought that up. I, I, we did see just minor reductions outside the U.S., but and. Like I said, I'm not trying to pile on, but they've got 13 for Brazil. I was really looking for a 12-8 a there uh, just to say, oh, things aren't perfect. And the same comment with China that, you know, they're 27 and a half. And I'm hearing I mean, early yet, of course, as we know. But I'm hearing people say that might be a little full. The point is that this production at 117 may be – pretty optimistic at the end of the day and this 82 eight kind of ending stock number is going to get smaller in there so yeah we lose some to to synthetics in this scenario but prices are going to have to ration this what could be a significantly smaller supply at the end of the day kip i think you're exactly right the big surprise not the big surprise of course the u.s crop being as low as as the estimate was, was the big surprise to me. But I was notably surprised that uh, Central Asia was the only, the Uzbek crop was the only other crop that was reduced. The, the big crops, Turkey, uh, uh, China, as you mentioned, India, Brazil, I expected in myself to see some some reductions there. So uh, based on everything I've picked up, certainly there will be some coming. And uh, I uh, would say that USDA just chose to concentrate on the U.S. crop this time around. They have plenty of time to hit these other crops, especially since we're talking about 100,000, 200,000, maybe 300,000 bale reductions. They're just going to wait and give themselves some more time. I, I kind of understand that. Uh, so, but, but I was surprised. So, yes, I would think that we yet have a smaller world production number, and I think we have smaller ending stocks to come forth. Okay. Um, we're going to come back and start we'll talk a little more. Let's just see if we've got some listeners out there that want to comment on the crop, uh, wherever they might be, especially people in West Texas. I'm going to unmute this phone, and if you've got a question or a statement to make uh, about the crop, please uh, feel free to do that. All right. Any any comments? Pat, this is Brian. Yeah. Still, uh, just north of Lubbock. Uh, in Lubbock, we've had the hottest July on record, hotter than 2011. So uh, there is no dry land to be had, but we all know that. Uh, irrigated. Guys, there might be a few spots that guys are really pushing, but a lot of the guys that are have pivots have surrendered, and they waved the white flag a long time ago. So. How, how widespread is that? How, how widespread would it be for irrigated cotton for farmers that have pretty much given up? Um, they, they've gotten a little bit of rain north of Plainview, up in North Amarillo, North Amarillo, but around Lubbock and South, it, it's terrible. Terrible. I mean, it, it's a disaster. But we all know that. 
on record, so even if you're irrigating, that ain't very conducive to getting a big yield. All right. Any other any other thoughts? Any comments from anybody else? All right. Well, just affirm that several trips south of Lubbock and do not see any pivots running. All right. Any comments specifically for Gaines County at uh, La Mesa? I'm sorry, Dawn, uh, uh, Dawson County. The desert. Uh, yeah. Desert. Okay. Well, that's what. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm listening. Uh, Dawson County does not have. It's probably ninety percent of the irrigated is gone. Uh, what's left is uh, mostly not probably ninety percent of what's left is just what's organic. Uh, in Gaines County, uh, it's. Probably over 90% of irrigated is gone as well. Wow. I don't remember, guys, if y'all knew, but Dawson County had one that was one of the largest county producers of, in the. Uh, oh, I, I'm going to pull a number out of there in 1977, 1978. In the next year, uh, and again, my year needs to be checked. The next year, you, you, Dawson, you didn't have a chin to operate. So it sounds like it's. It's a disaster of that proportion. I understand that here, uh, organic might be different. Right. The, only, the only gym in Dawson County that is going to open that I know of is King Mesa Gym, which is just to gin the organic because it rolls through okay. there. So all, all other gyms are closed. Thank you. We're Any other comments? We don't Oh, gee. <coughs> we got a little static here. If anybody anybody got any questions or statements? All right. Well, let me let me uh, get the let me get the mute off here where we can hear a little bit. All right. Well, let's just open it back up again for any other thoughts or any projections on uh, for price movement. <laughs> Who wants to go first on that? I don't mind well, taking a stab at it. I, I just see red deck above ninety cents again. We've got to have some cotton planted in twenty twenty three, and we're going to have to keep some ninety cent trading. To, to get the acreage we want in 20, uh, next year. So it's great to see that. Uh, I had, uh, had previously commented that if we got this kind of a number that we were limit up today and at least a half a limit up Monday and we would trade a nickel on either side of a dollar and 15 cents. So anywhere, I'll say a low of 107 to a high of 117. That's my forecast for, until we get a better definition on the crop size. Okay. I'll just widen that because I'm less sure. So 105 to 120. 
Yep. I, I like what John said, only I think uh, unless we get – my bias right now is we're going to see a smaller worldwide crop. That's going to reduce demand some, of course. But uh, I, I think that, you know, 105 to 120-plus uh, would be my thoughts. All right, Gerald. I concur with everything. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's going the, a lot higher, uh, I think. You know, I had a range of 110 to 115 that we could get up there. I didn't think we could get up there this quickly. But, uh, you know, we're basically there right now. Um, so, you know, I had a, 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 basic, a target of 113. I, obviously, after today's report, that's way too low. Um, you know, we're going to run into some resistance at 115. So, you know, the ones, I, I like the 115 probably plus 5 cents as opposed to, you know, minus 5 cents. You know, now that we're above, well, I guess we're not above 110 yet. We're going to settle above 110 certainly on Monday. Then we'll go to a 5 cent, uh, um, to a five cent uh, limit. And so, you know, gosh, we, I, I, I just don't know. You know, the, the interesting thing is, you know, if we've lost, 30,000 bales in, in, in trade hedging, or 30,000 contracts. I mean, we lost 3 million bales in this, in this report. So what kind of ammunition does the trade have to keep this market from coming down if these specs really want to push this thing higher? So I, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, unless we start getting some really bad news, and, and I, you know, I think there is some, some concern about the consumption numbers out there, but, you know, we've got a tight crop. We've got a lot of cotton that's already committed, you know, either to the export market or to the domestic mills. So it would not surprise me at all if we made another run for 125. But uh, I think we've got to get through some of these other other technical uh, 115 to 118 area, I think, was going to provide some resistance. But if, if the specs can chew through that, you know, yeah. You know, 125 plus. So hey, Gerald, uh, that may be getting please. a little too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I haven't looked at the the numbers in the last few weeks. I'm, I'm kind of apologize for that. I should be, but where are the specs now? It was my understanding they were liquidating positions and didn't have a uh, nearly as big a presence as they did for a while. Uh, where are they now, and what's the potential for? Uh, well, I got to believe the potential they could come running. I, I'm hearing that. There's interest now in some of the other uh, row crops uh, as far as some um, some speculative activity. Where are where are the specs right now in the market? How much room do they they've have? They've got a they've got a lot of room to uh, to, yeah. to to jump. I mean, as of mm-hmm. as of a week ago Tuesday, they were only you know when I talk about specs, I, I refer to the managed money guys. You know, right. they were only long a net 3.2 million bales, and and shrinking. Go back to and shrinking. You go back to the first of May, the first week of May, they were 7.3 million. Um, you go back to uh, January, first week of January, they were 8 million. So they can get pretty darn long here well, if they want to. Good. The, the the reason why I ask is I thought they were not as you know they were not certainly really active, but given the the report we just saw, and 
Who wants to sell this market here? If they come after it, we may see a lot of option activity, uh, which is going to translate into long positions. It's just not sure who wants to sell this market, particularly current crop, until we get at or near the old highs. I, I would I would think what what Gerald was just thinking I would think that it that it stopped and that it flipped this week which we probably I'm thinking of yesterday's market you know we wouldn't see that till a week from today but uh, I, I think it's probably flipped long it was the buy-in that uh, that pushed us up pre-report and I think that may con- <laughs> that may continue now post. So if they get going like they have in the past, that we can see this market jump another 30 cents. Seriously. That's what I'm wondering about because, again, I have to ask the question, who in the world wants to sell this market with a 1.8 carryover? Yeah, Uh, that's right. Well, as you said, nobody. Nobody wants to sell it. Plus, and and I know y'all did, without knowing for sure, but I'm sure Gerald did, we look at the on-call yesterday, and we finally, bless their heart, we finally have Mills fixing out as far as uh, December of 2023. They're letting go of some of those uh, short positions. They're going ahead and buying back in to fix their price. And, I, I mean, I love to see that. Finally, Mills are rising up. But to go out as far as they went, maybe it wasn't December 23, but it was at least to July 2023, which I thought was great. Yes. And that was last week's number. So we, we'll see some more this week. So, you know, Mills are ready to uh, to begin using this market. They're fi- fixing as opposed to uh, buying on call. Uh, we could be explosive is the, the word. I just... <laughs> I was going to use that word. You stole my thunder, Ole. I think we're really in an explosive situation because it's, uh, it's it, to John made the statement we hadn't seen a 1.8 in 1960 or something. Uh, these numbers are just, it's hard to fathom how really, quote, bullish they are from a supply-demand perspective. And without having speculative interest in here, uh, uh, I, why wouldn't speculators get at or near sort of record levels when you see these kinds of numbers right in front of you. Uh, it's just uh, your, your comment about explosive, I think, is right on the mark. Uh, there's that potential right here. Yeah. Any any other statements before we wrap it up? Well, Pat, I, I know you wanted to hear some bearish news, but I apologize. I know we all do uh, for being so bullish. <laughs> Right. It's yeah. pretty scary, but, but you know, we don't see these kind of numbers. <laughs> and no. It's, no. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's not a question of bullish. It's how bullish is it? And that, I think that's what we've got to sort of get a handle on from a price perspective. I think most of us would be comfortable with seeing at or near the old highs before we could kind of say, okay, well, because quite honestly, the world's changed. The cotton world has changed dramatically with these numbers. Definitely, uh, and we, we, you know, it, the USDA had to finally give them to us. We started seeing them in the market last week, 
but USDA gave them to us today, and we jumped on it. I, I just I can't overemphasize, John, the uh, the 1.8 million carryover, the lowest you've seen back to the 60s. But I, I know seriously, just I, I have never allowed myself, whether my mathematics, my statistics wanted me to or not, I've never been able to use a carryover below 1.9. To me, at 1.9, there is no more cotton left because it's all tied up in transit or, or in a warehouse you can't get to or it's on a boat or something like that. So to walk in here and see 1.8 is just it's shattering. Uh, thank you. You know, somebody said earlier that with a weekend coming up, maybe people calm down going through the weekend. We come Monday and, and the market maybe is, tries to work lower, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think the weekend no. <laughs> here is going to be one to get revved up after people have a chance to mull this over because this is this is pretty strong. It's higher. Hey, yeah. John, that's good, that's good were point. you saying that the 1960 ending stocks were – at one point no no i'm saying that as far back as we have data which is back to 1960 this is the lowest 1.8 oh, oh, is the oh, lowest okay okay yeah so maybe in, I was, I'm thinking, maybe in 1899 it was below that but i don't have the data for that <laughs> why <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, why because you can't get good <laughs> help that's why <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, Oa, thanks for uh, leading us today. Thank y'all. Appreciate that. Excellent job. We also want to thank uh, BASF again for being our sponsor, uh, and uh, thank our <laughs> listeners for joining us. And that concludes this edition of the Ag Market Network.